I have some super pet peeves with comedians. Don't we all? Do you know what my number one is? What? Don't wiggle the mic stand. Oh, yours is the mic stand. Oh, get your hand off the mic, because it's my mic stand. Yeah, get your hand off my mic stand. I let a friend borrow it for his show, my mic stand, and one comedian thought it'd be funny to throw it on the stage. And I was like, you suck. No. (laughs) My mic stand. Well, it's super distracting, too, and I get it. People use it as, like, a calming mechanism. Can they kind of, like, play with it? But it's like, Get a fidget spinner, okay? (laughs) You see comics using a fidget spinner on the stand. Yeah, that that drives me bonkers. And it, I, you have an added layer to that because you're like, uh, that costs $40. Please do not. Yeah, mm. stop touching my shit that way. Oh, yeah. Is this distracting to me? I'm ADD, yeah. so I'm going to go with the movement. So each time you like move, if mm-hmm. it's not going to be with a joke, I'm yeah. distracted and then just lost a word. So let's let's help our budding comedian friends out there for good onstage actions. Okay, don't play with the mic stand. Don't play with the mic stand. Take, don't take forever to get on stage. You know you're oh, up. Oh, yeah. Okay? You can go halfway to the room so that as he's introducing you, you don't have to wait for the first clap for you to start walking up. Yeah. You can be halfway up so that way when the clap is, you're up there and they're ready for you and you're yeah. not having your audience have to do another clap for you because your ass isn't on stage ready. Yeah. And let me actually tell you that kills your momentum. Because especially if you had a really good comedian on or the MC's good and it's keeping the momentum up, the longer you take on stage, the more it's going to kill the momentum of the room. Yeah. Come on. Okay. So exiting the stage as well. Yeah. Don't leave before your MC is on there. Don't ever leave a blank stage. Yeah. Like you need to wait there until the MC is there. Because even if you fill your time and then maybe the MC is not there and then you have to do more time and it gives someone something to watch and you have that little connection of hello to the thing. Uh, also, I do the open mic like that and it takes, I'm sitting there forever waiting for the MC? Waiting for, no, I'm the MC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there forever waiting for the other person to come on. Oh my God. And then sometimes I'm like doing the whole feedback thing and then they get off and I'm like, you just left me an empty stage. Like, I mean, this yeah. isn't good etiquette. Like, no. I get it's an open mic so slightly different but still. Um, Every practice is a practice you should do for real. A note to MCs though, don't go outside and smoke pot for a longer time than your comedian's going to do on stage, especially at an open mic because they may blow and bail after a minute, even though they've got five. So just be aware and don't be smoking pot. So Uh-oh. everybody has to look for the MC. Did our friend do that? Uh, no, but I was at one where somebody who was not my friend and I don't really know was just gone. And so then the next comic had to announce the next, the next person on wow. the open mic. That's not professional. Oh, no, it wasn't. Don't play with the cord. Yeah, no. The That's, cord, again, a fidgety thing. Don't fidget. All your movements should be just as rehearsed as your words. Yeah. I mean, not just as rehearsed. I mean, natural and whatnot. But still, like, it should be natural stuff. You don't naturally play with the cord. Yeah. It's a, it's distracting. All those things are really distracting. And it messes up with the equipment. Seriously. Because... If you keep so if everyone does that, then the cord isn't going to fit in the mic well, and then all of a sudden your joke's not going to land because it's getting cut out here and there because the mic doesn't work. Yeah. Hey, listeners, it's time for part two of our interview with Corey Ringdahl. You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. So where are we? Are we at the twist point? At the twist. Let's get to So how old are you when this twist happens? So um, later on in my life, I did leave North Dakota. And uh, I, the first place I moved was uh, (laughs) East Texas. Oh. 
which love Texas. Texas forever. (laughs) You can have it forever. (laughs) Boy, howdy. I sure did hate Texas. Um, Spent some time there, and then I moved to Oklahoma, spent some time there, moved to California, and uh, I was in like the north, the northern California, like the Bay Area for about 10 years, and then finally moved down here a few years ago. Um, I was in, I was 2002, three, when I received a phone call from my girlfriend at the time in Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. And the minute she, I heard her voice on the phone, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what this is. And she explained that she had hunted me down uh, through a detective. <laughs> she had hired a private detective to wow. hunt me down. Uh, she said, yeah, I, I talked to your dad and uh, she, he gave me your address. I'm like, oh, huh. I'm like, I'm glad he did. But man, I wish he'd called me first to verify yeah. that. <laughs> yes. The bastard. Um, and, uh, and, the, and the reason I'm calling is because I think this child might be yours. Whew. Now, how old is the child at this time? Three. Wow. Yes. It took her a while to hunt me down. Uh, Yeah, just in case my daughter ever does listen to this, uh, uh, Caitlin, this is your origin story. Oh, no. Um, So, uh, uh, yeah, so the the mom uh, wanted me to, the ex-girlfriend, wanted me to verify that it was mine. Okay. And... uh, So how are you feeling when now you know you have a daughter? Huh. A three-year-old. A three-year-old. Well, here's the thing. And you've missed out on those. Here's the thing. She put she put the daughter on the phone. Uh, oh. Just to like, because she's three, right? She's not going to Yeah, be, that's oh. not a great conversation. Well, Hi, no, Dad. It's, yeah. it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a conversation. The The minute I heard like noises coming out of her mouth, I knew. Really? I knew. Really? A hundred percent. Like, yep, that one's mine. Because she had like a little bit of a Fargo. I can't do it. But like no, a no, not, not a Fargo accent, but like she had like a good tone, like yeah. a tone that I've got. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I hear that. That's me. Oh, crap. There it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the swab confirmed. So uh, she called me back and we started talking about it. And I'm like, you know, I, uh, I have no money, <laughs> but I will move down and like make an honest woman out of you if that's something oh. that you want to do. Uh, no, she said, I'm actually in a, a relationship. We're engaged. Uh, to be married, and uh, what I actually was hoping uh, to find out from you is, would you be willing to give her up for adoption to my future husband when we're married? Now, I spent a lot of time in my youth sitting around thinking of things, and I remember distinctly working at a real garbagey family pizza place in Fargo, North Dakota, around 17, 18 years old, writing stuff, sketching stuff, thinking about stuff, and I thought to myself, you know, one day I'll have sex. And what if when I have sex, uh, it works, you know, like all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not, if we're not, you know, if whatever reason I'm not able to be a dad, she's not able to be a mom. Am I going to be okay with adoption? And I went through the emotional situations. Wow. At 17, 18. 17 or 18 years old. And just like, okay, you know, that would suck. I'd miss out on a lot. But if she's going to go to a good family, like a good one then, you know, it's better that than me trying to work stuff out if I can't, like if the mom and I aren't going to work out or I've got no money or God forbid I'm working this job, mm-hmm. right? Um, then yeah, I would, I would be down for that. I'd be sad, but it'd be better for her. I went through all of that so that when, when I got the question, will you, would you be willing to give her up for adoption? I took, it took me three seconds to remember that I'd had that conversation with myself. Yes, I said, mm. that would be fine. She's like, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I told her the story of me sitting around (laughs) thinking about that crap. Uh, She sent the paperwork 
there's a gobs worth of paperwork for this sort of thing. Yeah. They say mm-hmm. it's they say it's hard to define being a mom or a dad, uh, mm-hmm. but the state will define it. Yes. 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 And what the state defines is very, very interesting. It, it shows like what like the level of like great power and great responsibility mm-hmm. that you've got as a parent. Like you are giving up the right to and like establish you know, religion for the child, education for the child, yeah. name, uh, attitudes towards life, just like boom, 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 yeah. like all this metaphysical stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll sign this. And like shaking, my hands were shaking. I was making so many gallows jokes about it as I was like, I'm at the local copy center, which is also the the uh, uh, notary public. Oh, God. <laughs> and like these two coworkers that I'm having like co-sign this. Uh, just like, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, and then we like went back to work. It was, oh my God, what? what a day. So shipped that off. And for a while I was technically legally the dad, mm-hmm. or at least technically. I'm not sure yeah. if I was legally. I'm not sure if I was on paper uh, on the birth certificate or not. Um, I did ask like, Hey, if I have come down to Texas, would I be able to meet her as like a, you know, here's my friend. Yeah. Right. Would I be able to do that? And, uh, and her mom said, no. Uh, my husband, future husband, doesn't like the idea of you being in her life. I'm like, oh, huh, I don't like that, but I understand completely. Did you give him a little, coming from a person who was adopted? <laughs> I know. I, I'm I, like, I, gonna, I kind of feel like I have a better say. Yeah, like. Nope. And the thing is, the thing is, I, I coming from a person who was adopted, mm-hmm. I completely understand and agree. Mm, I think that really? he probably just didn't want me in the picture because he might have been threatened. Because, you know, people say nice things about me when they like me. So it's possible that I, she, there was a lot of, oh, yeah, he was so funny and this and that. And he was just like, man, I don't know. Um, never got a chance to ask him. But he uh, said no. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I totally get it. Like, he, he doesn't want a situation where I could possibly, you know, rest control. And I, yeah, and I, I, got I, I don't want to be the guy that, you know, hey, no, I'm your dad. Come on over. It's yeah. fun. That's No. I'm not, I'm not in it to mind fuck anybody. Yeah. So I gave her up for adoption. Occasionally uh, would talk to, to uh, her mom. Just you never sent her things or like. She, she sent me the occasional like email with a thing mm-hmm. in it. Um, uh, just here and there. That's kind of her. It was kind of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I didn't like, I didn't really talk to her that much. Gotcha. Every now and again. Um, kind of moved on with my own life. Um, but had that with me now. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a thing that happened. Huh. Neat. And I let it define me. Then I got a phone call five, six years later saying, um, yeah, uh, he messed around on me. Oh, no. Um, we're, we're, we're getting divorced. Oof. If you'd like a place in her life, it's yours. And she's nine or ten by this point. She's yeah. like nine, eight or nine, yeah. And, and so um, the dad she's kind of known for the most part is walking away. No, she, he's being asked to leave. Okay. Yeah, because uh, uh, she yeah he cheated on her, mm-hmm. and she's like, <laughs> nope, bye. Yeah. So uh, he's gone. Uh, not gone. I mean, he's still in town. He's still yeah. a dad. So he's still spending time with her and as much as he can, which again I think is just weekends. Okay. At this point. Well, I like that he has wasn't like well now that you kicked me out I'm out. I'm no, no, no. Away. He yeah. he loved uh, he loved her. Very much. And uh, he also, there was also another child mm. that they conceived and yeah. had. So, yeah. So there was, I mean, there's no getting away from that. That's just his kids. 
and then you know and i flew in and hung out and did all that and it was uh, eventually did she eventually understand who you were she actually did the same a very similar thing that i did only a few years later um okay so then where do i get it all from ah yeah yeah she's she noticed it more in her personality Mm -hmm. and behavior and how it was different from her dad's yeah where did it all come from well and then uh, that conversation happened uh i had told uh i told her mom to to uh send her to i at the at the time i was trying voice acting out and so i had a uh, some pictures of myself and uh, a voiceover demo yeah and uh, it, which included an animation demo yeah which she got to hear and she listened to it over and over oh. and over and over and over again she would quote the lines to me oh right which uh i found only a little annoying <laughs> <laughs> and uh very very sweet so she, uh, yeah. And so, you know, we hung out and like, what do I call you? And I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh God. Like I, Corey, I guess regret that. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you wish she called you dad? Yeah, of course. Of course I did. Do you ever go back and be like, you know, we can revise this. No, no, nope. Nope. That's whatever she wants to do is up to her. She, uh, in like her, but mid- she know, does she know that you feel like that though? Um, no, unless she listens to this podcast. <laughs> No, well, uh, maybe send it to her. To try. <laughs> well, I'll send her a link if she know. wants to listen to it or not. It's up to her. She, well, uh, she, uh, sixteen or seventeen, she was very verbally creative, and eventually wound up calling me Corith oh. for reasons. And uh, I'm like, cool. Why do you call me that? Because I do. I'm like, great. That's a great reason. <laughs> um, so I'm in her phone as Corith, which is fine by me. She introduces me as this is my dad. Oh, okay. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Right. So we, you know, I'm, I'm in the life and I'm part of it and I'm, you know, I, I come in every, you know, uh, I was flying out there like once a year and I flew her out to Oakland, mm. uh, started flying her out when she was young. She was like nine. Mm-hmm. She got to see Lake Merritt, which is beautiful. Yeah. And she got to like run around. I had her on my shoulders for a bit. Aww. It was cool. Yeah. I got to say like, no, that's annoying. You should stop that. And then she did. It was great. <laughs> like when she, uh, she, she said a thing that I found funny and she loved the fact that I was laughing at something she yeah. said. So she said it 58 yeah, more times. Yeah. Like, you know, let me, let me explain something about comedy <laughs> and uh, repetition works up to a point and then it kills it. And yes. she listened and, and then she liked, she stopped repeating stuff. It was pretty cool. She's a very smart human being. Obviously, from your side. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, also, there was this effect where, and I'm not sure. I think this actually happened before that event. Uh, her sister thought I was the bee's knees. Thought I was mm. just great, just oh man, funny and stuff and things. And um, her mom would kind of sequester her off, like, okay, you're kind of bugging them. Let their ha- let them have their time. Uh, and eventually she started to notice this and just like get really upset with me and, and, and Caitlin about it. And, uh, and there was a, there was one particular year where she wanted to hang out. I'm like, I want to spend time with Caitlin because everybody seemed to be like, that's the situation. Right? Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. like, fine. Cold. Wow. After that, um, which made it really weird, man, this is also recent now. It's hard to talk about that. I actually got back together with her mom. Really? For a little bit. Yeah, for about a about a year. Wow. What? Maybe eight months. I want to know what I want to interview Caitlin then. I just <laughs> see like what she was thinking. Like her little childhood dream. She's found out she's adopted. Uh, and her she, like that was never she didn't have that as a dream. For she your did. parents to get back. Well, no, because she had two parents. Yeah. But even at yeah. twenty, like I don't know how old she is now. Twenty, but yeah. Twenty. I don't know. There's a part of me that would 
after her dad passed away going, well, maybe. I, I don't, I don't think that she that, never did that, I don't know because I was such, I was just that particular person. I was like this third person. Yeah. Or like maybe two and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? What was going through her head when y'all got back together though? Um, you know, I said like, what do you think about this? She's like, eh, it's not really up to me. I'm like, you know, you actually do. We actually care about <laughs> how you feel about this. She's like, if you guys are happy, <laughs> wow. She was real busy with the end of high school and working mm. a job and looking at colleges and dating and da 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 da. She was busy growing up in her own life. Yeah. yeah. What about sense. her little sister, though? Uh, her little sister, I don't think she quite knew what was happening. Mm. You know, like she's like, "What? I he's here, okay." And then here's this man who, for her, her entire life, was like constantly shunning her, or seemingly, yeah, is now like trying to be pals. Oh, so that got that got real contentious. That got real contentious. Um, and then, of course, uh, being in East Texas, like that trumped a lot. Unfortunately, that overrode mm. a lot of my wanting to be there because there's just nothing, nothing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If I had if I had had a job there and like friends of mine there to like have of my own. Yeah. So you're doing the long distance thing uh, for a bit. But it was I drove down and spent three months because I work from home. Oh, so I took my, my work laptop with me and did it all from there. Wow. Which, uh, you know, made sure I didn't get fired or anything. Uh, I had gainful employment, but also I just spent all day in that house that wasn't, that didn't feel like mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, you don't have the outside coworkers that are yours. I didn't have, I, exactly. you didn't have yeah. any kind of like identity outside of them, which is a hard pressure to put on them. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oof. Yep. So yeah, that, uh, that kind of withdrew. And there, you know, there was some other stuff too that, I mean, we could have probably worked out if all the rest of it had been there. Yeah. But with everything just kind of bearing down, I'm just, I just, I bolt. And with my trust issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> times. Yeah. I rabbited, which uh, sucks. Uh, there's no, there's no hard feelings. Like she and I still okay. care very much about each other. Um, like I, she actually invited me out for Christmas. To spend with her and, and Caitlin and her sister. Mm -hmm. And we spent it uh, at a hotel near Caitlin's college. Oh, nice. Uh, which yeah. is also in Texas. And uh, it was really fun. And I and I got Caitlin's sister something, like little like iPod, AirPods, whatever, mm -hmm. the AirPods. And she's like, just surprised, just stunned. Like her whole, she was shook. Like, <laughs> is, this, is this for me? Like, yeah, it's for you. Oh. Why? Well, because I care. <laughs> she's like, oh, <laughs> okay. And she like opened him up and like was having the, the best time with him. And she was like, yeah, look what they can do. Look at all the stuff. And just like kind of interacting with yeah, him about yeah. them. And it was just this really warm connecting moment with this, with this girl that I th still kind of think of as a stepdaughter. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and, uh, we, I will like went outside with, uh, with their mom just to like put something or take something out of the, the truck. And I said, man, that's, she really loves that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, she does. And she likes that it. it's from you too. I'm like, yeah, she really does. Wow, I said, I totally see why divorced dads like give stuff away to the kids. <laughs> Holy cow, because it works. My God, that's just liquid crack. <laughs> Man alive. No, that felt really, it felt really, really good. So yeah, uh, I, and that, that was like one of the most gratifying Christmases because mm -hmm. it got to be one that I wasn't somebody's guest. Yeah. You know? It was a family. It was, I was there to help and I helped and I mm -hmm. did the thing and her, the mom and I argued like, you know, parents do. Yeah. And like, we got over it like parents do. And then we had Christmas and just sat there and did things and I helped put shit together and the whole bit. 
Wow. So this is last Christmas? This is this last Christmas, yeah, 2018. How old is the younger sister? 12 or 13. So coming from this perspective now, being adopted and now finding out, you know, about 15, 16 years ago that you have a, a daughter. Mm-hmm. And then giving her, subsequently yeah. giving her up for adoption. Yeah. She's only half adopted. She gets adopted from her father's son. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sort of change your empathy or your view on, on the situation? Does it actually give you any empathy towards your adoptive parents about what they were kind of going through? Like you feeling an outlier to that family where she was adopted by the other father? Do you... Like, has it given you any extra layer of empathy in the so, situation? If anything, it's reinforced my my views about mm. the uh, if a, if the if a birth parent is capable, they should. If they if they have enough empathy and like click. When I when I met Caitlin and hung out with Caitlin in Texas, and we were just like hanging out, and it was still new, and uh, and you know, and just like poke, you know, like rubber head or whatever, yeah. and just pay attention and look and listen to her. Um, I talked to her mom and she said, you tonight have been a better dad hmm. than he's been in a very, very long time. Mm. So yeah, it, you know, I mean, are you concerned for Caitlin? No, nope. she's doing great. Okay. God, she's doing so great. I'm, I've, I'm never not proud of her. Oh, that's awesome. <sighs> this no, is definitely need to send it yeah. to Caitlin. This is now, now I'm tearing up. <laughs> No, she's uh, she's doing spectacularly. If anything, she needs to take more chances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I I keep telling her safety third, and she doesn't. She it's not clicking yet. I keep telling, yeah, safety third. Just uh, I I <laughs> when she was out, I flew her out to uh, to Oakland. She was sixteen, and I said, all right, you're sixteen. Uh, he, you walk around town, walk around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, here's a bus pass. Oh my god. Yeah, here's a bus pass. Go do stuff, have adventures. Let me know what happens. Um. And she's like, okay. I'm like, and let me tell you, talk to strangers. Hmm. What? Because honestly, my my pet theory, one of my many in the herd of pet theories that I <laughs> that I enjoy, is that we, because I'm 44, yeah. next Sunday, um, our generation was the first, or one of the first, to be told, don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Right. We were never told when to start talking to them again. Yeah, hmm. that's totally true. Yeah. We talk to strangers all the time, but we're telling them not to. Right. Yeah. And and so the when we do talk to strangers, there's a a, a huge level of distrust mm-hmm. because deep down we're getting that those stories from mom and grandma about they'll it take you off the street and in the vans and drive you away, and you don't even want to know what they do to you in the basement. And you're like, I I don't. That sounds <laughs> <Yes>. terrible. <laughs> um. So so we never we never get that we never get that societal trust back. Yeah. And so I said, talk to strangers. She's like, what? I'm like, you know what I mean. Don't like go up to like absolute yeah. sketchy weirdos. <laughs> I'm the only sketchy weirdo you get to talk to. But no, nothing. All right, fine. She, <laughs> I mean, she, facts. she, she, <laughs> and I uh-huh. was like, where's the turn? I don't see the turn. <laughs> She um she wound up actually talking to some uh, some kids around her age yeah that uh, we're having this weird misadventure with like a loud old man getting on a <laughs> bus and she's like what happened with that they're like no and but she asked yeah she's straight up just like was friendly to some strangers her age which later turned out to be some kids that she wound up meeting at a punk show that I took her to 
in Oakland, like a few days later. <laughs> so it all worked out. She, she got to, she like hung out at the side, like outside when a bad band was playing yeah. and she was like sitting there, like back against the wall, just like talking to these kids. And yeah. I walk out and I'm like, how you doing? And she looked at me with like, dad, she gave me the, Ugh, dad. Oh, Look, the and I've never been happier when I got that moment. Like, Ugh, dad, like, oh, 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 and it just like melted so much tension away from me. And I walked in like, all right, well, just no, 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 no. Like, you have to, right? Yeah. That's You're the condom. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was a condom. Man, I was only social intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she had a great time with that and just on and on and on. So I've, I've tried to be as much of a father mm-hmm. as I've been able to be, given my what I've seen in my own crap life. Yeah. And what I've been able to determine is, you know, partially just society at all. Yeah. So things like, you know, uh, talk to strangers, safety mm-hmm. third, uh, trying to get some getters to, to see some personal agency and like be brave on a bus yeah. in a city. You're going to need that skill. You grew up in East Texas surrounded by trees. <laughs> right. Those are some trees. strange trees. Those are some though. awful trees. The, the raccoons would look at you. Just look at you. Asking for change hey, all the time. Raccoons are the, the sketchy animals in the, <laughs> the forest. It's only because Bandits. they're wearing a mask, man. Exactly. <laughs> Underneath the mask, they're human too, even though they're raccoons. Listen, the <laughs> no, she. So she, she. I, I hope I helped her out with that. Um, and I, and I get now where you know the the bio mom and bio dad that I had would have yeah. loved to. I, I say this is my daughter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I, I wish. And, and and I don't ask. They, neither they didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I don't ask. But I know that they wished that they could have been mm. primary parent. Yeah. You know, like in in yeah. the environment. And I wish that too. I just I got more of it. I honestly thought that I was gonna have to wait until her 18th birthday. Really to yeah, see her to to meet her. Wow. But you know, I was lucky. Is this enough of fatherhood for you, or do you have hopes for? I mean, she's 20. I mean, but for another one, like, Oh, in my life. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, again, uh, if I, if I, if I do it, I don't want to do it like accidentally this time. And uh, there's (laughs) currently, there's not a lot of on purpose going on right now. (laughs) So, uh, I don't, uh, probably not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying if, if I were to get into that situation Mm -hmm. that I'd say no, I'm saying I'm not hoping. Would you consider adoption? No. Really? Really. Do you feel that adoption's not actually a very good viable uh, option out there for parenting? I think that, so I didn't know about the the classes that you were talking about, the coaching. Yeah, foster classes, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that that was a thing when you were talking about- about Foster care. (laughs) When you were talking, well, I was was actually in foster care as as a tween. Really? Yeah, my parents, oh. my adoptive parents, put me into foster. Oh my care. god! Wait, you didn't tell us that part of the yeah, story. There's so we only have like how much time? <laughs> we can make this a four parter. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this is a whole other realm. I had a question. You keep like asking questions, yeah. and then I have questions, and then I forget my question because sorry, 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 write them so down. Have, write them down. Start having to because I feel like I want to know more about Caitlin still. But wait, yeah. time out. You were in foster care. Okay, hold on. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna yeah. loop it back to the foster care because I have another question. Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> At one, is there was ever a point that Caitlin like asked you, like, why did you? Nope. Hmm. I've actually asked her, do you care about your origin story? Like, what happened? Like, later in her, I didn't ask her when she was nine, but yeah. you know, like later on, she's like, eh. 
Do you think it was pretty like open and honest? Like she kind of knew. I don't. She didn't. She doesn't. She didn't know. Mm -hmm. But she never asked. Mm. So what is your? What did her mom tell her? I don't know. No idea. Hmm. So we have no clue what Caitlin really knows or mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. know. And you are respect you you coming from the adoptive side of are just respecting her. When she wants to ask, she will. I've I've told her that anytime you want to know anything, hmm. here I am. And does she know your backstory about being adopted and all of that? She knows about that. I've I've mentioned it. Okay. I haven't like gone into gory detail gotcha. or like told it over and over the way you need to with kids mm-hmm. sometimes. Um yeah. She by the time she was uh, like mentally and emotionally ready for that, she was busy putting her life together. Mm. You know, yeah, when you're a teenager, yeah. your whole world revolves around you, and of that's course. when it's happening. As well, it should. Yeah, because you're building an adulthood for yourself. Yeah, scrambling to grab these miscellaneous pieces of love and hate and shame, and trying to build an adult personality <laughs> out of it. Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> I just supported her all I could. I flew out for every single school play she was in. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Because she's good. Her first play that I saw her in, like, okay, you had a good time. The second <laughs> one, when she was in Charlotte's Web, she was Charlotte. I'm like, oh, there it is. She's got it. Oh, she got that got from it. you, too? She's got it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other questions do you have that you've been holding off on? I forgot them because I departed <laughs> into the story and it's over. That's the only one that was recent. Foster care. I, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, my my dad. Oh God! Hey, how never old forget. were you? Uh, like I said, tweens, like twelve, thirteen. But you said he put you in foster care. Yep. Uh, my dad uh, brought me into the living room. I know. I remember it was like dark. The sun was setting, and they hadn't turned out a light, so it was a little like grim. Um. So Corey, come now. Come over here now. Okay. No. Um, huh. Like he was just now thinking about how to tell me. How would you? And he said this. Yeah. I swear to God, he said, "How would you?" like a brother or sister and i just mom's pregnant no 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 ah damn it like he just didn't he's, well, he's a yeah that's I don't not think exactly. a parenting book he's on not, how to tell your kids that you're putting them in foster care yeah, like. yeah no no he eventually like laid out foster care i'm like why i'm like well your mom and i are trying to work some stuff out and we really just need to focus on that and i'm like wait but foster care yep 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 uh huh. But then foster care say so foster care said yes. Like yep. social they, worker they was do like kinship where they tried to put you with a. a I don't know any of this stuff. I just know oh, that I was yeah. uh, put with a family that were just uh, okay. Like a lot of people, they they already had like one adopted kid, another foster kid in the house. Uh, it seemed like a very chaotic thing. Okay. They weren't they weren't ready for me either. Nobody. What was ready were your for me. parents yeah. reasoning to the social worker? Who knows. But then I wasn't, they got I wasn't in those meetings. Yeah, they got me back. That's how long were you in there for? Uh, how long were you in for, Corey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, several months. I I, I want to say all, if not all, of seventh grade, maybe. I mean, holy shit! No wonder you have trust issues. Yeah. No, what I mean. Can, can I can I bring this podcast with me on first dates? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like actually we really would love if we, we got more listeners that way. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, what a weird matchmaking <laughs> show this would be. Your jagged edges fit her jagged edges <laughs> fucking perfectly. Could you just be codependent, but in the sweetest possible way? In a healthy way. <laughs> <You're Yeah. right. laughs> I am like flabbergasted I am right too. now. This like is, I yeah. 
Like I knew, well, okay. I knew tidbits of Corey's story. Little, okay, time out. But I'm, like, I'm a little scared <laughs> because we're like, Bobby, we have hope. Foster care for Bella. <laughs> again, okay. again, everything that happened to me happened to me in the oh 70s and 80s in North Dakota where they're just trying yeah. to get a job done. I mean, I think that and again, it's State probably better now. Is different, and I think there there have been a lot of changes in the foster care system. And, I don't doubt it. And but even on uh, a federal level, of what they're trying to do, but it that's just on a, a basic humanity level. Again, they thought. I mean, every time they did something, they thought they were doing the right oh thing. My God. I mean, Bobby and I had a really rough time with our kids in the first year. We have a lot of challenges with them, and we talked about separating, not because we wanted to, but because we felt it was the best thing for the kids. Like, we'll see each other on the weekends, but you take one, I'll take two. Hmm. We didn't. We stuck it out. Good. And it was a miserable experience. But, you know, you're trying. I mean, I feel like at least in that point of view, we were coming at it from what is going to be best for them. And I'm sure that they thought the same thing. I'm really? Sure thought, I'm, I'm uh, sure they I thought the exact same I don't thing. know. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, honest, me, I'm a little mad me, at your parents right I know. now. <laughs> I know. You got mad at me for wanting to punch your mom in the throat. So yeah. I'm kind of like, ah, this is, no. Yeah, my, my mom suffered enough. She had to be my mom. <laughs> um, the woman, rather, that was my mom. Not that she was, you know, mothering me, because she wasn't. But uh, oh I'm, I'm pretty sure that they... They wanted what was best for me, but I don't think it was their primary concern a lot of the time. Well, I, no. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, my daughter tried to run away yesterday mm -hmm. and I was like, you would be terribly missed. Like, I, I mean, you know, like I just can't fathom as a mom going, this is hard, but you know what? We're just gonna. I need to work on my comedy career right now, <laughs> and so I just, I just need to really focus on that. Yeah. This is the best for you, for you to go at some stranger's house for two months. That's chaotic <laughs> and insane. It wasn't even so two I months though. On me. Oh, seventh grade, he said. One house though. One house you were one. in. It was okay, one. It was so that's at least, at least it was just one house, but and you I, can go house to house. We're gonna get hit by a bus, and might as well be an Amtrak. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were going to go. If you're going to be hit by a bus, at least only be hit by one oh, yes. bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, times have definitely changed, though, for like yeah. foster care in general. Well, I at don't least, think even in North I mean, I think, Dakota, yeah, probably it's different like, there. But in LA, it's it's very supportive, and you have a lot of classes. You have to take so many hours of classes and take so many hours every year to renew. Well, it's California, you know? and California, they say California is a nanny state. But, you know, if a nanny state's going to teach anything, it's how to be a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, Texas is the same way. There's a whole bunch of classes that they okay. have to yeah. take, and I, okay. you have a whole course, and, you know, you get to get a home study to make sure you're not crazy and yeah. all sorts stuff yeah so i, I think wonder foster how care in I... general i thought i mean i'm just i'm saying like years have passed since then in the sense it's i mean i'm guessing years. some law had to have changed somewhere along the way we're getting an influx of parents trying to work on their yes, marriage <laughs> yeah. like we need a kind of and i don't know why but all the moms are in cocktail dresses at the time it's real <laughs> weird no, um, crazy. Wow, so you what really have that? the gamut of like being in foster care, but then being adopted as an infant, and then, I mean, reuniting with your parents, Corey, and then you've having the adopt a story. Like honestly, he hits every single triad. Yeah. Have you said this. <laughs> I, I the know. The only triad that no, he hits every single. He's yeah. a bio dad. You know what? He's not. He's not foreign. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to North Dakota? <laughs> Goodness! This I'm insane. damn near Canadian, honestly. <laughs> He's not foreign. <laughs> right on. So I mean, it's just—I mean, 
I have to tell you, like, I, I didn't know this Patty going in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I'm just as shocked as you are. <laughs> I'm like super like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah like you didn't give me all through. these details, which I'm kind of glad about. But you were like, oh, yeah, I was adopted. And then uh, my daughter, I found out later. You got it, you know? as, you can, as you can tell, it's hard to summarize this. Yeah, you can't. I understand why you have this. I'm Game of Thrones, the book. <laughs> all right. You can't put all of me oh into a television series. It doesn't. Yeah, there's no out. elevator pitch for your life. No. <laughs> it's, it's hard to make me into tweets. Yeah. I don't I, summarize well. You don't. I just do it over and over like I'm doing right now. Um, oh my gosh. Like, I don't even, like, I have so many questions. Yeah, no. Well, I want to actually get back to uh, when you were talking about, like, the known trauma of adoption. Yes. I feel like I, in therapy, had to discover it. I, I think there's a lot of studies that have happened, especially in the late 90s, uh, especially in Texas. Texas actually has one of the greatest uh, institutes which I can't remember right now. So great, but Karen TCU. I know TCU. Karen yes, Purvis. Karen Purvis is the was the leading director, and she found in searching, like in, in doing X-rays of the brains, that children in foster care and children through adoption and trauma, their brains have developed completely differently than neurotypical children who grow up in a loving two-parent home. You oh, know, like whatever that kind of normal. Yeah, like the the rear cortex of your brain is overdeveloped to the point where you're. It, so children of trauma often exhibit ADHD, but it's not ADHD, it's actually trauma. And it's because the adrenaline is pulsating through their body so fast that it's giving off the symptoms of ADHD, but it's the fact that they're living in a state of fear for their entire life. And then they create those neural pathways, so yeah. it's hard to get out of those pathways because that's what you got comfortable with and that's what's been yeah. forged. I think I owe you both $125 for the hour. <laughs> It's insane. Yeah, it's it's, insane. Insane. it's it's incredible. And when you learn that, I think a lot of parents now to this day, we learn that you can't deal with these kids in a way you would as a as a normal quote unquote a neurotypical. parent, a neurotypical parent. You have to address it from a different point of view. Which my parents didn't know how to even start to do. Yeah. I think if they had got a regular kid, like a kid, yeah. if, like if they had had their own kid, it would have been hard for that kid. Probably because I mean, they yeah. didn't, they didn't know themselves. Who they were. I mean, there's also a, a thing about how your trauma is going to define you as a parent. So if you don't deal with your own trauma first, you're going to have a much harder time being a successful parent. Yeah, I have sometimes thought about like what would it what would it have been like if I had been around for Caitlin or for you know some theoretical child, and like would I I give up. I, I've I've almost given up on my cat a couple times, <laughs> and she's not even that bad. I uh, like with the crying baby and the diapers and the thing and just the they don't pay me enough for this, you know. I yeah I don't I I, I don't know I don't know what I would have done or who I would have been. Uh, I can't I can't say for certainty that I would have been a great guy. I think well, I think you've been a great guy to yeah. Caitlin. I think you and being self-aware of what you went through, that's actually part of the process of being fully aware of how your experience has shaped you as a person. Sure. Well, it also helps though that the, I, I've honestly been very uncle dad, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. it's, it, it's <laughs> like it with any other uncle and a, and a child, like, Oh, uh, the child, uh, I'm done changing the diaper now here, have your, your kid back. But do you have any ambition to be a dad, dad? I, I think, I don't know. I've thought about it in the past. I don't have any ambition for that right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, at this point I'm not in, I, I, I associate dad with husband mm -hmm. and husband obviously with marriage and with a uh, stable relationship. 
which I'm not currently, I don't think, really capable of getting and in, into. gals, if you want this information, <laughs> we'll make sure to pass it on to you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone who's doing the identity theft is I pretty know. much can figure out you how know, to get a hold of him, too. You know, if you're going to steal my identity, just treat it better than I did. That's, oh. that's all I ask. Um, yeah, I, I don't think about it anymore. No. Um, if it, I know that if, if the opportunity were to arise, uh, I would be down if I was with someone that I loved very much. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds like you're in therapy that if you were, if it came to and you're down with it, that you would get the proper therapy to process through how to be the best dad, dad. Yeah. I mean, again, this is all so theoretical for me. I yeah. used to think about this stuff all the time, all the time. Well, Which I think 17, you're yeah. thinking about giving up a Seriously. Well, that, well, I mean, even in my 30s, I was like having, you know, imaginary conversations with children right. that I'm not raising and that I was raising in the imagination. But now, I don't know, maybe my age, maybe it's other parts of my life that just aren't great or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm not, I'm not thinking along those lines right now. And maybe it's because deep down inside, I feel like I've already done it. You know, there's a 20 year old out there yeah. with who's great, has parts of my personality, parts of my genetics, you know, something in inside of me is like, they're there. Yeah. You can rest, Tony, you know, uh, little, little end game spoilage for everybody. I didn't say it. <laughs> um, I did. I got it. it made me sad. <laughs> good. There's a part of me if like, it's like, well, I did good with what I had with mm -hmm. Caitlin. If I did it again. I'd really mess it up. Yeah. I don't want to ruin my 100% streak. <laughs> right. when, you, when you only play twice and you win yeah. both times. Um, no, I don't know. I feel like it would have... I've seen video of her as a kid, mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, that would have been cool. I would have been good with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. with Caitlin, I would have I, I raised the shit out of that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any part of you that kind of shoulda, woulda, coulda? that option or no because i know the dynamics i mean it is it's one of those weird questions to ask because you can't change back time so right. you, what's well, the point of asking and thinking about it but at the same time no, it's intriguing to our listeners of course <laughs> <laughs> of course i've thought that of course i have of course i've wished for it and that's it mm. there's nothing i mean what am i going to do i have a question do it what do you think like how do you think adoption this is a really weird question because your adoption on different levels how do you think it made you stronger? I think it wasn't necessarily the adoption that made me stronger, but the trauma itself. Mm. When you're talking about the overdevelopment, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. I feel like I've, I've met and, and, and dated uh, uh, traumatized uh, people and women. Mm -hmm. And they are, they're always being described as mature for their age. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I'm, you know, oh, she's yeah. 22, but it's like she's, you know, much, much older. It's the trauma um, that's, that's doing that. But there's an intelligence that comes with that. There's, yeah. a, there's an intellect, there's a drive, there's a seriousness, and a lot of good instincts, a lot of solid skills can be learned from that. Like I know that because my life was essentially a giant problem that I was trying to figure <laughs> out, uh, I'm really good at troubleshooting right now. Oh. I'm super good at other people's problems. Man alive. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and it, it, it helps in my, my job, which is in software. I can take apart new technologies, like new theoretical technologies in like a week and like, oh, that's how it works. Well, let me add this on. And people are like, oh, that works really well. Thanks. How long have you been doing this? About a week. Mm -hmm. Huh. Wow. Wow. All right. So yeah, there's that. There's, I mean, there's absolutely strengths from it, but you know, 
just like with with any odd creature that has a particular strength in an area there are of course weaknesses yeah you know vampires are immortal and really pretty <laughs> but they don't don't take them to the they beach sparkle in the sun <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what what do you want people to know coming from the adoptees perspective or from the the bio dad perspective if they're going to go on this journey of adopting if you're going to adopt a child you are literally changing someone's life like actively changing and altering another human life it's i mean it's so much more than like the simple kindness of like you know handing a bum spare change or like opening the door for somebody whose arms are full and every every single thing you do is is noticed who you are is so important to the process and you're gonna fuck it up you're just gonna yeah you're a human being who was also raised by human <laughs> beings you know we've been getting it wrong for at least five thousand years if you believe the bible and <laughs> all you can do is love and know who you are and the challenge is to break down the assumptions of who you think they are hmm. because when you're raising your own child when you see your own child your own biological child nature versus nurture yeah. you know you you know them mm -hmm. but with with adoption it it's a it's a mixed bag it's a huge potluck and you're never going to know all of the things that went into all the soup that went into making this person and there's so much juggling and so much discovery and a lot of it's just mundane discovery but weird <laughs> like i didn't know that your toe did that okay how do i do i panic do i shrug <laughs> is that a different set of shoes that i have to i don't know um and you know and yeah there's there's no planning for it there's just reacting and loving it's it's like regular parenthood but on ice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i would i would never yeah. do it i i'm i'm smart enough to know i shouldn't really oh god yeah like i see i find that you're wrong <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> i i i i think you would be one of the most empathetic adoptive parents out there yeah. And the one who could like truly get through to a kid because you're an adoptee, mm -hmm. advice to adopted children. Really honestly, most of this advice goes to any child. Uh <laughs> You're you're going to wind up forgiving them. Sorry. <laughs> you're going to wind up forgiving your parents. I'm really really sorry. No matter how much you hate them right now and how much mm. you're just like clutching your ipad and just like no you're wrong you crazy old man i hate my mom because she blank um you're gonna wind up forgiving them i mean unless it's like something truly like horrific yeah. you know but if it's uh you know well she said this and that means if you can rationalize through sobs it ain't that bad Goodness. oh man yeah no um and to adult adoptees out there um 
if you haven't forgiven, find out why. Mm. Um, and if you've never met your bio parents, figure out why. If you decided that you never want to meet them, realize why. You don't have to dig all the way down the way I do. Just one or two levels tops. Uh, a little bit of introspection goes a long way into understanding why you are the way you are. Oh, man. Corey, thank you. Thank yeah. you for being so vulnerable and yes, open, open and willing to chat and Absolutely. talk and cry and laugh. And Absolutely. If nothing else, I give good radio. So. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It, we're going to have a lot to think about. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I haven't fully processed this conversation. I know. So. I'm already thinking of how I scarred the girls. I, mean, like, <laughs> I know. I know. Like, <laughs> like judging my parenting here. Oh. You know, I mean, and you're, that's the other thing, too. Like, what's my advice for parents is you're going to have to learn to forgive yourself when it's all done. When it's all done, you can't do it now. Don't think too hard. When is it done? Uh, around 22. The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com. 